Today, we're going to continue with our topic on apostolic flow. And we talked about the fact that when you are apostolic, when you are prophetic or apostolic, you love freedom. You love the body of Christ to be free to flow and operate in that which God created them to operate in. And as an apostolic and prophetic person, it causes you to be able to see the gifts and the callings that reside in people and you just desire to be able to call them out, bring them forth, train them, help to, uh, when we talk about that word equipped and we understand that the word equipped is not just training and a lot of times that's what people think, apostolic and prophetic, people think that it just means to train and training is good and we need, to, we need training. And I'm an advocate of training. I love to train. But it also means equip. Uh, when we see it in the uh, in the scriptures, uh, it has a Greek, a classic Greek meaning in history. And it's medical. And it means to take a bone or a part of the body and place it back, place it where it's supposed to be in relationship to the rest of the body. So that's what apostolic and prophetic people. Now the whole body of Christ can can do this and, and should do this according to Ephesians 4 and 11. However, apostles and prophets are uniquely qualified and equipped to do this. And that's something that we love to do. And, and it's, it's a part of the call. It's a part of the gifting uh, that's within us. And it just comes with the, 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 uh, the office. And I talked to you about on last week that a lot of people think that, um, uh, that a title because you have a title, apostle this, a prophet this, a evangelist this, that, and the other. Let me tell you something. There's no power, there's no anointing in a title. These are offices, apostles, prophets, teachers, evangelists, pastors. Those are offices. And when you're talking about an office, there is an anointing, there is a power, there is an authority that operates through those offices. And I talked about the fact that the apostle Paul, he said, when he would introduce himself in, his, in him, himself in that in those letters in those epistles that he wrote uh, in the Bible, he would say, "I am Paul, the apostle called by God to do what you know all the things that he was called to do." There's power in being called by God. There's power in operating in an office. When you're operating in that office, that's who you are. And there's an anointing to operate in that. And when I begin to talk about an anointing, let me tell you something. You can tell the difference in something, somebody that's just talented and somebody who's anointed. When you are anointed, something happens. Things are broken off of, of the people that you're ministering to. It, it, it gives you a freedom to flow and operate in what God has called you to flow and operate in. An office is something so much more powerful than a, than a title. You know, people talk, well, they talk, they, they're, they talk about a, a title is nothing. An office is where the anointing and the power of God flows and operates. And that's something that we need to be aware of. John 8, 36 talks about the fact that when you are set free uh, by the Son or by Jesus, you are truly free. Truly free. That's the, or the New Living Translation says. And we need to begin to understand that and operate in that freedom. Praise God. We do not, uh, as apostolic people, as uh, prophetic people, we shouldn't want to be uh, under restraints of witchcraft and control. Praise God. We should want to operate in the freedom of God. Operate in the gifts, the callings, the anointing that God has placed in our life. And we need to be able to operate in those areas in our local churches, in our um, uh, uh, um, 
our ministries, in our outreaches, in our, our uh, uh, Christian organizations. This should be a norm. Glory be to God. People should not have to be uh, under restraints. You know, that they can't move and operate in what God has called them to. A lot of people are afraid to allow people to operate in these churches and in these organizations and these outreaches and other kinds of ministries because they know they have not trained their people. They have not equipped their people. They have not put them in a position where they can flow adequately in these things. And you know what? It's not the people's fault. It's the leadership's fault. And they need to be trained so that they can train others to operate in the gifts and the callings. We're in a season where God is using the apostles and the prophets to come forward so that the people can be uh, 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 trained and equipped and also so that the whole body of Christ will understand that God is reforming the church. Not to look like we want it to look like, but what God wants to look like according to what he has laid out in the word of God. Important. And we need to begin to flow and operate that way. 2 Corinthians 3 and 17, again, New Living Translation, it tells us that the Lord is the Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. So if we're saying, you know what, that's a problem right there. A lot of organizations under the Christian banner, the blood-stained banner of Jesus Christ, uh, praise God, Christian churches that are saying they are Christian churches and and operating according to, you know what? They got programs going on. They got church services that say, do this at 9 o'clock, do this at 9.30, do this at 9.45, do this at 10. We out back. Ain't no Holy Ghost up in there. We need to allow the Spirit of God back into these churches, back into these outreaches, back into these ministries, in these conferences, and all these things that claim they're under the Jesus Christ banner. Glory be to God. We need to let Jesus run them and stop trying to do things our way and allow God to do them. Glory be to God. This is important. Do we need order in churches? Sure we do. That's why we need apostles in churches. Because they're order, order, order. But we need also prophets there as well. Why? Because the prophets usher in the spirit of God. And that is what needs to happen if you want to see people set free and delivered and able to flow in that which God has called them to. Training and equipping is necessary. Very important. Ephesians 2, 19 and 20 clearly tells us that the church, the body of Christ, the, the chief cornerstone is Jesus Christ, but it is built upon the apostles and the prophets. Glory be to God. And we need to begin to understand that. The first thing that Jesus did before he exited um, on earth is he established 12 apostles. That was the first thing he did. Establish those 12 apostles to go out and teach and to train and to establish people. To be able to go forth and do what they were called to do as far as the body goes. Why is it that if Jesus thought the apostle was that important, what's wrong with the church today? That they want to kick out the apostles. They want to kick out the prophets. Glory be to God. That is not good. And we need to reevaluate. We need to get into a place of fasting and praying and hear God speak. Because he is, he is doing a new thing in the church. Which really isn't a new thing. It's the old thing. It's reestablishing churches to look like what Jesus said they should look like in the first place. When churches were established in Acts and all of the, the other books of the Bible in the under the new covenant. People preach and talk about the new covenant, but they don't want to do what the new covenant says that we ought to be doing. That's a problem. That is why the body of Christ needs to be into a place of prayer and fasting so that they can hear 
the will and the word of the Lord Jesus Christ. We can we can get the uh, broad will of God from the word of God, but the specifics for your life, for your individual life, and what God wants to do now comes from a relationship with Jesus. That's what Christianity is, a relationship, hearing from God so that you can do what he's instructing you to do. Glory be to God. Very, very, very important. So on last time we left off on number eight, and we were talking about our, uh, we, we were talking about witchcraft in the church, how to pray it out, how to get rid of it by praying, by using the Shamar prophets in your church. The Shamar prophets are the prophets that sit on the wall, that pray things through, that see the enemy trying to come in and destroy and disrupt. And we need to begin to train our Shamar prophets so that they can do a fantastic job of keeping that enemy out of our churches. Witchcraft and control has no place in the church. And we need to use our Shamar prophets to keep to stay on the walls and to keep that stuff out of our churches. So listen, if you are called uh, as a Shamar prophet or as a uh, intercessor, glory be to God, you need to be praying. Even if your church uh, leaders have not recognized you, but God has, and you need to be operating in your gift, praying and fasting to keep God's will operating within the church. So we don't want witchcraft in the church. We do not want control uh, in the church. We do not want the spirit of Jezebel taking over our churches and our ministries and our outreaches and our conferences and all the things that we're doing in the name of Jesus. Glory be to God. So we got to stand firm. Hallelujah. And allow God to do this work because so many churches are falling by the wayside. Even the big churches. The mega churches, we're, we're beginning to see them fall by the wayside. Why? Because they refuse to open their ears and hear the voice of the Lord. They refuse to go on a fast. They refuse to lay on their faces and hear the voice of God and begin to operate the way God has said to operate. We need Shamar prophets in churches, keeping these churches safe from all of this stuff that's pulling us down so that the church can no longer operate in the spirit of the living God. We got a problem, people. And you guys can close your eyes if you want to. You can decide not to listen if you want to. But God told me something. He told me, He showed me from Isaiah uh, chapter 6. I believe it was verse number 13. And he began to show it. And even in that whole chapter, actually, he was saying that those who will not hear God, those who will not listen to God, those who will not flow in, in the will of God, even church leaders and churches will fall in this hour and in this season. They got to hear his voice because everything lies on hearing God and following his instructions. Verse number 13 talks about the the um, the tent and it talks about uh, uh, the, the tent being the, the remnant and, and that you can see that in the New Living Translation where it talks about the remnant. But God told me, he said, only the remnant hears me. Not just only the remnant is... Um, is saved or born again, that's not the case. It's many people that are born again. And they hear God, but they don't want to hear. And they don't want to pay attention. And they don't want to obey. They don't want to follow the instructions that God has given them. Does that mean that they're going to hell? No, it doesn't. But God says he's working with a remnant. He said, and those who are speaking for what thus said the Lord. He said, everybody can't hear you. He told me, everybody can't hear me. He said, only the remnant can hear me. He said, only the remnant can hear him. Only the remnant can hear his voice. And he's dealing with the remnant even now. Because God says, through my remnant, I'm going to reestablish my church to operate and look like me. 
Glory be to God. And God says witchcraft and control has no place in God's church. Glory be to God. This what I'm teaching is coming from a teaching that I got from John Eckhart, Apostle John Eckhart, who's a who's a, an apostle. He's a prophet. He's a man of God who's operating uh, in the flow of God and leading people to hear the voice of God and follow the instructions that he's releasing. Verse number eight. I mean, verse number eight. The the eighth thing that we were talking about is: Are you afraid to voice out? And of any opinion contrary to the leadership. I talked about the fact that I was in a, a training class. And one of the instructors, instructors said that if the leadership at that particular school says something, then that was the way it was. He said, right or wrong. He said, if he's wrong, we're all going to be wrong. And I thought to myself, I'm not. Because I got a Bible and I got the Holy Ghost living inside of me. And I'm going to follow God. Glory be to God. And sometimes we need to begin to talk to leadership and let them know you do not want yes men and women around you. You want women. You want the remnant around you. You want those who can hear God and who going to do and obey what God is saying. You want a remnant around you. Not those folks that's just going to do anything you say, whether it's God or not. You don't want that. Because God says on those foundations, what's going to happen is destruction. So you better look for you some people who can hear the voice of God and who are not afraid to say what thus said the Lord. Glory be to God. Now, if they say it and you go into prayer, you fast, you search the scriptures and you find that what they're saying is not correct, then of course you don't want to do it. But if you find that God is saying they listen to them and they're right and the scriptures line up, you need to follow God and you need to obey. Very important. Witchcraft and control has no place in the body of Christ. Number nine, marriages are broken by the leadership. That's terrible. That's terrible. When you see marriages and things that are put together by God being broken by, by leadership, those who are supposed to be in the know by the heads of the, uh, of the, um, of the church, their families and their, their, um, their the apostles or the pastors or whoever is in leadership, that's witchcraft. That's control. Church, uh, listen, I always tell people, do not. you can prophesy that you see marriage in a person's life, but you are not supposed to tell them who to marry or who to divorce. That's God's business. You can say that you see the marriage coming, but don't you tell nobody who to marry or who to divorce. That's God. You, say, you tell them what God is saying, and you give them the scripture, you give them the word, you give them the word that God has given you, but you do not orchestrate anybody's relationship in marriage. That's on God. Glory be to God. Anything other than that is witchcraft and control. Number 10. 